Welcome, everybody. It's Jim Surick with the Medical Sales Nation. This podcast is titled Building Your Own Brand. I had the pleasure of interviewing Sue Sarkeesian and Sherry Sullivan from Your Exec Brand. Their team offers more than 35 years of combined experience in evaluating, developing, and managing personal brands, and that is mainly on and using LinkedIn. And we dive into, you know, what's your individual story? It's not just what's on your resume, but how do you and how would you describe and explain yourself to a potential employer? Because there's a million of us out there selling product, claiming President's Club, million, two million, three million dollar territories. But what companies are really trying to find out is once again, this whole phrase around your why. So we really dive into it. Sherry and Sue help us understand the importance of LinkedIn, the importance of really having a true, meaningful story to be able to get ahead and get that next opportunity. So without further ado, let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Medical Sales Nation. This is Jim Surek. We do not have Charlie Johnson with us today, so we're, we're shaking it up a little bit, but we have the honor of speaking to Sherry Sullivan and Sue Sarkeesian from Your Exec Brand. And I've worked with Sue and Sherry in the past. They've actually helped me out with my resumes, with my bio, and my LinkedIn page, and they've done a fantastic job. And I thought for the Sales Nation out there that it would be a great opportunity to introduce you to some people that really have the uh, the skill set, the, the company to be able to help you get your name out there, help you with your resume, help you with a bio, try to help you create this brand. And we hear a lot about, uh, in, the, in the media, we always hear about our personal brand. So these two have that experience, have the background in helping people like myself and like you um, listening to this today to help understand what that means. And so I thought it would be great for us to learn a little bit today. And with that, Sue, maybe you can introduce yourself and tell the nation about you and, uh, and then introduce Sherry. Great. Thanks. Yep. Jim, thanks. Well, let's see. I've been at this for going, believe it or not, 22 years. And and one of the areas um, that I, um, industries that I've been involved in um, for a long period of time is the the med device, med tech, pharma, biotech space. And and we didn't call it those years ago your brand, but that's sort of how things have morphed. And uh, we like to be able to help clients look at what what's your story, how do you develop that story, not just from a resume perspective, how do you speak about it, how do you how do you say, hey, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a sales executive in medical, and I say, okay, what's that mean? Well, there's a million of you. So one of the things we try and do is sort of help you develop a story, speak about that in a way that you can um, be more competitive than, you know, somebody else out there. What are the things that are truly going to differentiate you in a in a in a you know in an industry that's very very um, full of great candidates. So really, we're we're talking about being able to build a brand for each individual to enable them to really be not just competitive, 
but um, have, a, have a, just a strong market presence. And, and whether they're the face of their company, you know, and so their brand is important for their company or for themselves or both, that's part of what we're trying to do is we're trying to understand the market, understand the individual, and then look at the best way to uh, position them. Okay, great. And with Sherry. Yes. So I guess as Sue and I have worked together now off and on in different capacities for, I guess, going on 18 years, which is pretty remarkable. Um, <laughs> but I guess I am the storyteller person behind, behind this. Um, you know, Sue and I work together very closely on the strategy piece of this. And, and she is definitely the strategy you know, creator of this, and then I am the storyteller. So I think about, you know, technology has given us all the ability to see what we're all doing all the time. And because of that, competition is just, you know, it's it's greater than it ever has been. And so if you think about um, a candidate's story, their experience, their strengths, that's really what their brand is. It's at the confluence of all of that. And I, I use this example um, frequently, you know, you can go on to LinkedIn and you can see um, someone's summary. And oftentimes it's somewhat generic and it's just sort of a boilerplate template sort of thing. And so our real desire is to is to create a brand that instantly differentiates someone. And so that's, you know, that's really our mission and our own brand strategy is to help, you know, um, give someone, um, you know, a special presence in the marketplace. So, okay. yeah, that's my part of this. All right, great. No, that sounds, that sounds fantastic. I know working with you guys, it was a great team effort as I would share my story with with Sue and then Sherry, you would call and we, we'd have this in-depth conversation and then it came out just fantastic because I know when I read my resume and my LinkedIn profile before you guys got involved, you know, it, it, it was just a mishmash of a bunch of information thrown together and hoping that somebody could decipher it. So I, I know you guys have done a great job with that. You know, I want to get back to this branding and and Sue, we mentioned it that it wasn't called branding before, but it's called branding now. What what does this really mean for a person? I know you mentioned it, you're like you're building a story, but what if somebody's sitting back right now and they're listening to it, what are the parts of the story they want to share, they want to get out? Because when they when they meet with you and they talk to you, you're you want them to tell your story, but how do they get prepared for that? I think um, self-reflection, looking at themselves, not for a specific job, but what is it that they actually bring to the table? What are the pieces that they excel in? You know, is it the, is it the strategic piece? Is it the tactical piece? Is it the people? Everybody has a story. And when companies are looking at in my opinion, when companies are looking at their organization, they're looking at their organization as here's what here's here's our culture or here's what we need to create. Here's you know, here's what our organization needs. It doesn't always come down to just a skill. It comes down to this person has the skills, but do do they bring to the table what we what we're looking for are they going to fit in so anybody can say i'm an award-winning salesperson anybody can say that but did they win one award 
Um, what is their brand around being a salesperson, really being able to deliver in, you know, highly, highly competitive or volatile markets? So each person's brand is, again, I'll go back to that word that I use, what, what differentiates them? You know, is this person on the leadership side somebody that has they're very approachable, they're authentic, they mentor, they take the time to put the right people in the right positions, you know, how are they perceived by their customers? It's not just I can sell. A person's brand is why. Yeah, that's interesting. It's not I can do this, it's here, here's why I can do this. And it it helps and I don't know about you, Jim, when you're looking and considering employees and, and candidates. Doesn't some of it come down to, I know you can sell, but are you the, is your brand around integrity or authenticity or being approachable or collaborative? You have to, your brand is who you are and what you bring to the table, not just the jobs that you've been in. You know, Sue, it's, it's interesting because we did a podcast on culture and it was one of the first podcasts that we did, and we talked about the culture of a company. And as a sales rep, whether you're a sales rep, a sales manager, VP of sales, and you're being recruited, whether it's a small, medium, or large company, you have to understand the culture of that organization. Don't go for a new job just to get a new job, but match your why to the company. And that's kind of what you're saying is that salespeople, we have to be more honest with ourselves on who we are before we go after jobs. Mm -hmm. It's so true. If, if I can just jump in for just a second, that's a Sherry. I had just written down personality and culture on my, on my paper as Sue was talking. And I think about, you know, um, clients that we work with who thrive in a collaborative environment, or, you know, then there are others who want to be individual performers and are much more straightforward and decisive. And, and you're right, Jim, I mean, just being completely honest with the, the type of environment in which, in which they thrive, I think long-term, you know, it sets them up for, for success better than, you know, trying to, tr to fit in, in a place where, um, you know, just to get a job. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I think that's so true because sometimes we want to tell ourselves that, well, I want to go get that job because it's going to pay if at plan, I'm going to make 250, 300 grand. But if you're going to be miserable trying to do that, one, you're never going to make the money because you're going to be miserable. And all you did was kind of set yourself up for failure going after a role in a company and in which it wasn't a fit. And so, Sue, you asked me, so when we look, when I look at all the different companies that we've been at, I would have to, someone would say, well, how do you hire? I would say, well, it depends on what we're trying to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to take somebody from um, 1995 when we were selling spinal implants in that market and try to get them to sell in a cochlear implant market today. That person would fail and they would fail not because of their selling skills, but because of the culture in which they're going into. You know, and that that and just to kind of dive in just for a second on that. One of the things that I talk to folks about, and I think this is really important, and Sherry is, we're very much in sync. We don't, we don't work with an individual. When somebody comes to us um, and they want to work together, it's not just about developing, a, slapping together a resume so they can go find a job. 
it is a thoughtful process and it's it's a it's an important process for um, for that candidate, for that individual, even if they're not looking for an opportunity, it's a great it's a great situation for them to go back and say, "Gosh, you know what? That was a great conversation with Sue. Sue's given me all this homework. Now I have to talk to Sherry. I better do a little bit of she's. You know what we do is we give people some preparation, and it helps them step back and reflect. It helps them start to think about themselves a little bit more." and what their brand is and how important that is. And where does that fit today? We, people typically that we work with are not looking for a job and we are of the mind that we're going to, we're going to work with each individual because each individual's brand is different. Like you said, it depends what your company's looking for. We're, we're looking to position them for the right opportunities, situations, that could be a lot of different things. And their background alone is not what drives that content. It's their background and today's market. If you are 48 or you're 58, where do you fit and what do you bring to the table? What is, what is it about you? How do you make that fit? So it's a process of gathering information, understanding the individual, the individual understanding themselves, and then pulling the whole story together really nicely. So opportunity versus job. Oftentimes a company's leadership team will come to us and say, you know what, we want our VP, we want this, we want this. These are the face, these are the people that are the face of our company. We want them to be on LinkedIn so our competitors or people that are looking at our competitors versus us can look at our team and say, wow, these people are whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I have not been a part of a company in which they've engaged the executive team on LinkedIn profiles. So is this something that's kind of new or is it is it emerging? You know, is it growing or, or and is it depend on, you know, is it the Covidian Medtronic of the world or is it even smaller mid-sized companies? I'll speak and then Sherry, you can jump in. We've had um, in the last two years, um, we've seen an uptick of people going in. I had one guy that was a VP of sales and he wanted all of his regional leaders to have a strong LinkedIn profile because they were using LinkedIn extensively to their marketing department was to um, post different things based on the industry, based on what they're doing. And they, they also wanted to use it as a tool where their reps could do a lot of work before hit, hitting the road by making the right connections. So it's with startups and small mid caps, but large companies almost across the board, wouldn't you say, Sherry, are having their, their marketing departments are building those that's right. Insisting that their leaderships and their employees are on LinkedIn. That's right. That's right. And I think, too, if you think about a typical propo proposal process, RFPs, RFQs, a lot of times, um, you know, companies are required to include the, the bios or the resumes of key people who will be working on projects with M&A activity also wanting to know what a company is buying in the way of leadership. So more and more companies are, you know, getting the brand 
um, message out there for each of their key players. Definitely. Wow, that's interesting. I did not know that. So something something new for the audience. So when you look at um, the branding, how did this? You know, we talked about it. You know that this is the story is coming out because of technology and, and um, sites like LinkedIn. Why has this become so important? Because I, even ten years ago, it really wasn't. But but why? There's got to be a, you know we're talking about our sales reps have to have a why, but there's got to be a why behind this. So they're listening to this, and you want to give them advice and say you want to take this important that you want to make this an important part of you who you are. But why? I, I think there's a number of I mean you know there's a number of contributing factors. Sure, you know twenty twenty two years ago, yeah this was. And I would never have even thought at this point we would be here. Five years ago, people were saying, what about this LinkedIn thing, Sue? Should I? Mike? It's not going to hurt. It's not an option today. You have um, something like 98% of recruiters last year sourced candidates directly from LinkedIn. You have, and the numbers will vary, right? You'll have anywhere from, uh, people will tell you, anywhere from 85 to 90% of positions over 60, 70 K are never, you know, posted or advertised 70% that are, aren't even available. There's all this data that tells us, you know, from a job search perspective, what's working. But the other thing is LinkedIn and some of these platforms are accessible for either free or very minimal costs. And we're in a technology driven you know, driven age where there's access to hundreds of thousands of key people. Recruiters no longer have to pay career builder thirty to forty thousand dollars a year to be able to pull resumes off. There's all these there's you know these like LinkedIn has done a great job marketing, you know, what we're all about. And so I think common knowledge has people understanding, here's where I need to be. You have AngelList, you have co-founder labs, you have LinkedIn, you have Opportunity. There's all these platforms that people are now engaged in and they can build their brands in all of these sites for themselves, for their company. It gives them incredible exposure. Um, it doesn't necessarily cost anything and it's, it's easy and it's accessible. HR companies, HR people now almost exclusively source from LinkedIn. I think it's just accessibility and and cost. You know, recruiters love it and hate it. They love it because they have access, but they also hate it because some companies are now, especially tech-savvy companies, will say, I don't need to pay a recruiter $80,000 to find the right candidate. I don't need to advertise on med reps you know, because, yeah. yeah, so I think it's just, you know, that's my take. I could go into the economics and everything, but I think it's accessibility. I think it's um, expense. And I think it's being able to say also, I no longer have to rely on, you know, somebody introducing me to all their buddies to get this position. They can, they can network that way, but with LinkedIn, it's opened up, or even with AngelList or CoFound, it just opens up a market where I can talk to your guy or your woman, you know, because you referred, but look, I'm, I'm in this to find the right candidate, and so they can do that for free. 
Yeah. You know, LinkedIn. Yeah, and and so you mentioned before is was that when a rep goes on to the site or they have their resume and they're posting it on LinkedIn, it's hard to distinguish between the the different sales reps because it's kind of generic. You won an award here, you did you had an award there, and we go back to the why. You know, we're talking about your personal why and making sure that it's a cultural fit as well for these companies. When you're looking at somebody, um, and I guess this is some ad- advice that I think people would want to know is that if you've been in a certain marketplace, you know, whatever it is, um, urology for seven years and you've always been in urology, how important today is it for salespeople to think about having looking at the next opportunity outside the market that they're in so that maybe their brand gets is able to be expansive because you're in different specialties within the healthcare. Yeah, well, LinkedIn has, you know, eight to 14 different sections that you can develop. And the three, in my opinion, that are most important, the first one is your headliner, what's under your name, because that's the first impression that people have. And a lot of people just put their job title. Well, they're not their job title. That's their job. You know, who they are may be, you know, sales, you know, sales leaders, senior sales leadership, growth catalyst, turnaround specialist, da-da-da-da-da. And then the summary and then the skills and endorsement section. But the content, there's two ways people find folks on LinkedIn through the content and building a query or through the groups. And content is something, Sherry's got a really great story about, about that, that individual brand. Um, you know, it's not just, oh, I sold XYZ. You know, it's under which condition and what did that mean? Sherry, t- can you talk a second about that? That, you know, okay, big deal. I drove 100K in rep, new rep. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I, I mean, it's, I I use this example all the time. And that is that, you know, someone would come back to me and say, well, I, you know, I achieved 200% increase in sales this year. Um, And and my response to that is always, so what? Right. (laughs) Because I just think that, you know, there are so many um, achievements like that out there in, in what makes that special. Is that because, you know, you had four CEOs in the last, you know, five years and you're constantly in a state of change. Is that because you just launched a new, you know, it was that within an environment where you launched new products? Is it a restructuring environment? What is the context behind that? And I think that's, that's very important and it, and it helps transition people, you know, um, beyond their area of specialty because it starts to show certain themes across the, you know, the, the span of their careers. And that is, you know, are they able to thrive within, you know, you know, constant transformation and change, Um, you know, and, and there are, uh, you know, many, many different themes that we could develop as, as we work through that story. But I think just, you know, simple little, you know, quantitative, Results are fine and certainly critical in in the development of of the story, but there is always, always greater context to be had that helps build um, the the character and personality behind someone that does help them move, 
you know, in, into other specialties and, and beyond just, you know, endoscopy or orthopedics or whatever it might be. So it's interesting because what you're also saying in a way to someone that you're talking to is now you have to be, and we said it before, you have to be reflective on how you arrived to where you're at today. What would your advice be to sales reps out there when they're going through their day, not to get stuck in the rut, but think about what they're doing as it reflects upon themselves of building this brand and who they are and what they want out of their out of their current job and or if they're looking for the next one? What what advice would you give them as they go through their day? Um, I think, you know, pay attention to to what you're doing. You know, uh, are you actually talking to somebody at a hospital or at a clinic or, or wherever it is. And are you doing this where 10 other people have failed? Are you able to, why, why are you successful? What are those relationships? Why are people buying from you? Understand a little bit about, have that insight because so many people, I see a hundred of these award-winning, they have resume that has, you know, 20 president's clubs on there big deal. And some of those may be from 20 years ago. You know, that is not, that is not what's going to get people that next opportunity. It's, it's paying attention to, I got in here. What do people think about me? I often say, when I talk to somebody, I'll initially ask them, what are, think about your career. Think about what you have done in the last 10 years. People that know you, not, not just your customers, but people that you've mentored, people at the top, how do they perceive you? Do they see you as somebody who they can go to to come in and fix the worst problems? Are you kind of that trusted, you know, business solution leader? Is it, It's not just getting a sale. It's everything around that that makes you successful. Pay attention to how you're perceived why you've been successful, because that's a story and that's your brand, you know, not just, okay, here's my job and here are 15 of my job responsibilities. Believe me, when somebody sees account manager, VP sales, they know what your jobs are. I mean, they know what tasks typically you're going to be, you know, uh, addressing in each position. That's a given. It's if I did this, what happened? Right. How did I do that and why was it successful? So paying attention day to day on not just closing the deal, but why me? Why? Wh- what do my customers say about me? Wh- why am I successful? Yeah. That's brand. Yeah. Sherry, do you have something to add? Yeah. And I was just going to say just to sort of piggyback on that. And that is that, uh, you know, when we, especially in like the cover letter that we write, I'm always thinking about how to convey you know, the ability of a candidate to help uh, the senior leadership or a C-level, whomever the, the next level is up, h- how to help them do their jobs better and solve their problems and make life easier for them. And so I think any opportunity that, that helps convey that someone has stepped in and, and done that is very important. And then I also think about participation in strategic initiatives. So being asked to, or, you know, if volunteers are solicited for certain, a task force, a committee, anything like that, that shows your interest in the organization beyond just the day-to-day really also helps differentiate and and show um, your interest 
at a level beyond, you know, what a lot of people are interested in. So, yeah, you know, I really appreciate that because in, in these podcasts that we've done, we've, we're constantly talking about, Hey, you've got to bring value to the marketplace as a sales professional. And it's just not hitting your number. Um, I mean, obviously that's important, but it's this value. And we always talk about being an active participant in your own career. So you may not get the training that you think you should get with your company. Well then do something about it. You know, take it upon yourself to grow. And you're, you guys are actually saying the same thing, coming at it from a different angle. And, and I know there's people that are going to be listening to this going, what do you mean winning 20 Presidents Club doesn't mean anything? Well, it does, <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, because right. if, you have, if you have two candidates and let's say one's won five Presidents Club and one has won one, but this one that had done had won one was part of a, a sales um, consulting, or not consulting, um, sales advisory group, worked with marketing, helped create and be part of a product development team. They're being more active in the development of their career and they have a broader understanding of what it actually takes versus I'm an individual contributor within my territory, I hit my number, I win an award, and I start all over January 1st. Right, and I'm going to stay in that bubble forever. Right, right. Right. Exactly. In fact, you know, there are some recruiters out there that um, will will say, you know what, um, you've been at the same company for 25 years. Um, hmm, that doesn't necessarily show initiative and drive. Now, you may have changed within that in that. And, and so that's important. But but there are different per- perceptions are very different today than what they were 20 years ago. For example, this is a really great one for all everybody that listens in on this podcast. If you want to get your name out there and 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 really make a splash, this whole accelerator sector, right? This whole this whole accelerator industry where you've got these, you know, Dream Adventures, Tech Stars, Generator, you know, Capital Advisors out of Austin. These are all accelerator companies. You as a sales person or a VP sales, you can be a mentor. These accelerator t- companies take incredibly gifted, bright entrepreneurs um, and, and scientists that have these great products, but they don't know anything about commercialization. So this is a good time for somebody in sales to say, hey, I'll be a mentor. You can, you can get on board with one of those accelerator firms, be a mentor to one of these companies and part of almost the whole general management launch. And, and now you've, you've differentiated yourself from other people that are doing one thing, selling in a territory. You're expanding your parameters. I mean, the growth in medical right now is with Startups and small, medium companies, they're growing. Why? Acquisition. Big companies grow through acquisition. So that's going back to what are the things that I can do, you know, to really differentiate myself, to, to um, you know, to elevate my brand. It's not necessarily all that you do in that company, becoming a mentor and helping a couple of things commercialize. As you get into your 50s, you're going to be more marketable to startups and small mid-caps. That's where people in their 50s are marketable, not to the Fortune 500. Big, you know, They're not necessarily fond of 55-year-old-plus individuals. So 
putting some thought into um, not just your your day-to-day selling, but what does that mean and what other things can I do to improve my brand presence, um, you know, as time goes by. I think that is so incredibly important for people to understand. It's like I said, is that you have to be an active participant in your own career, your training, your development, and what whatever you can do to differentiate yourself, do it, especially if you're approaching, like you said, you know, in those in the fifties and if you're still a district manager, which is fine, or or a sales rep, that's fine. Knowing that the experience that you can bring to a smaller company is going to be much more valuable than it is to the largest medical tech companies. But once again, if you're going up and I'm hiring and I'm you know back at another startup and I'm looking and I've got two or three different people to choose from, it goes back to what we said. That's great. You've you've won these Presidents Club awards, but tell me what you've actually done that's different, creative, that you've expanded yourself. And that is, and some people might not understand it, but that is your brand. Mm-hmm. We just never yep. called it that 10 years ago, right? Right. It, but people right. are asking those questions where, you know, I just left in TELUS and um, Tom Williamson, who um, took my spot at Intellis, but he was a regional manager in the South. He started asking those questions about three years ago to sales reps in the interview process. And to me, that was something new and saying, well, what do you mean by your brand? And mm-hmm. now it's common language to ask that question. But I think we as sales reps go, listen, if I just hit my number, everything's going to be fine. That's not necessarily true. Right. right. I think it comes down to one important word, and that is being relevant. Yes. What's great about LinkedIn is that it shows your, you know, a candidate's interest in in maintaining relevancy as technology changes, as markets change. You know, we can post links to articles. We can post links to projects. There is, it's it's very fluid. And so it, it enables us to help candidates show whether they're 25 or 60 that they have a vested interest in learning and staying up to date market trends those kinds of things possibly blogging and you know publishing articles on linkedin if they're interested just to show them as thought leaders you know if we're able to yeah well and even on linkedin you know linkedin has a directory of groups of 2.7 million 2.7 million groups you could be in 55 groups, get into the groups that match, you know, your parameters. Cause that's where your industry influencers are posting things. That's where your hiring leaders are. That's where your managing partners of those VC funded startups are. There are three ways that you can, you know, very discreetly network within those. Sherry's right. It's, it, it is being relevant, not holding on to, Oh, this greatest thing that I was a part of, and it revolutionized things 15 years ago. Yeah. What have you done? You know, get rid of your AOL address. One little thing. People see AOL, they think, yikes, old or technology, right? You've got mail. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny, though, is, um, and Sue, you gave me that advice um, when we worked together about six months ago about getting onto the different, um, 
um, the different groups and following different companies. And it's funny because when we started talking probably October of last year, I was so involved with it. Then I start my new job and what do I do? I stop. Nada. Right. And, and so you saying that, I'm sending, I'm writing myself a note, stop being a knucklehead. You know, be actively involved within the community even, because we get stuck in our day. And, and even here, we're doing this podcast and I'm talking about how important it is. And yet I'm reflecting going, my activity level has dropped about 90%, which is not, which is not good for the long term. You want to be that active participant. So well, I even got yeah. something out of this podcast today. So Awesome. Well, I got one more thing, I, and I know we're short, getting short on time, but I think this is important, Jim, and for people that are VPs or they're actually in a position where they are recruiting and looking for employees. Maybe they're not using a recruiter. You know, they don't want to, you know, pay to advertise. Here's the thing. If you are a hiring manager and you're talking to this candidate here, they could be talking to two other companies and you know that they are going to the every single company, those individuals' profiles to see yeah. what does Jim look like? What does it say about him as a leader? What does it say about him as a man? So if anybody is a, you know, district sales manager, regional VP sales, if they're in a hiring leadership role, they darn well better have a good brand because they're Everybody goes to LinkedIn to check out. I'm talking to these two other companies. Wow, this woman looks really sharp. He kind of looks like a dud. Who would I prefer to work? You know what? Your story is out there. Everybody's story's out there. And and so it is a whether you're looking for opportunities or you're looking to find the right candidates, you can everybody has that ability to say, wow, Jim looks like a guy I really, really like to work with after having a conversation with him versus these other two. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And what this new generation, these millennials that we talk about, they're very, very um, big on making sure that they're working for the right person and the right company. And so they're going to use all the tools they can to make sure they're making the right decision. Yep, exactly. So just shifting, shifting a little bit on this, um, for the folks that are listening to this, you, you obviously have been working in the med tech space. And, uh, when I say med tech, I'm talking all of, you know, the healthcare space. Um, what do you see are the biggest changes that are probably coming in the next year or two that maybe weren't, I'm not even familiar with something that I should be paying attention to? Um, are you asking me in terms of like what um, companies are saying to you? What do you think? How do you think as you're working with individuals and companies, where do you see um, how companies are recruiting? I mean, we're talking about the branding, how they're looking at people. Is there anything different that you see coming or, you know, it's asking you to, if you have a crystal ball to see down the road of, Hey, get prepared for this because these shifts are, are probably coming. And when it comes to hiring and, um, and, or recruiting people, so you're on both sides of that table, this is what you should be looking at getting prepared for. I think through the next five years, we're still just going to see a lot of high growth and in the startup and the small companies, maybe early stage to fast growth, small companies. And and those types of companies typically are, you know, what what 
we call disrupting the marketplace. So the digital health, you know, all of the wearable stuff, that's where a lot of that, a lot of that growth is. I mean, there's even, you know, M device, you know, now. So, you know, you're talking about, and that's mobile device. I mean, you're talking about all these different technologies. And I think Sherry's right. Stay, um, you know, stay relevant in terms of how the market is shifting, how, at what's being reimbursed. Um, that's going to be really important. And if you want to stay, you know, competitive, if you're looking to make, you know, an opportunity or to be attractive to an opportunity, tell your story around that kind of, you know, experience, taking, you know, being that go-to-market person, really taking, you know, emerging technologies rapidly and, and, and having an impact. It's about rapid changes, rapid growth and disruptive technologies. That's not going to change over the next two to five years. So somebody who's just been with a very traditional brick and mortar company, I would say, start thinking about what are sort of the different ways that you had an impact on the market, because you're going to have to tell that story to be competitive over the next two to five years. I believe, what do you think, Sherry? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I think, I think that's true. And I think maintaining an understanding of that just across the board. I mean, when I think of med device today, I instantly think of, you know, the internet of things and how cybersecurity plays into that. And so, you know, it's just, if you've been a traditional, um, you know, salesperson, um, traditional products to cast your net more widely, understanding the movement of, of that industry in not just the movement of it in terms of innovation, but I mean, security of those products, all of that takes you into, I mean, there are realms out there that you all, you have to be aware of to, to have a successful business. So again, keeping, you know, up to date, being knowledgeable about those issues, I think is critical. Yeah. And that's really, we keep coming back to this is that don't sit on your laurels. Don't get stuck. Stay active. And if, if that's through LinkedIn and, and the things that are going on in LinkedIn, and like you mentioned, the accelerators, finding those, just staying active in your own career and knowing, and I think that's one of the problems we have as sales reps is that we think it's always going to be the same. Like the market's not going to change. It's always going to be this way. And then all of a sudden it's not, and now you're, you're scrambling. Okay, now what do I do? So right. this this way, you're you're just staying constantly active, looking for those changes, and just by communicating more openly with a lot more people, you, opportunities will present themselves where you never thought they would. Right. So you know, and, and that's that's an interesting opportunities do present themselves, you know, in ways that we've never seen. One of the things, and, and I think this is this is important in terms of. Um, what we talked about, kind of the reflection, the self-reflection and the understanding your brand. One of the things that when I'm working with people, we're, we're having a kind of a strategy session. We're talking about interviews. They just get, they just get floored because what's coming up time and time and time again is people are reaching out, you know, Jim, if you're interested in X company, you know, here it is. Let's up, oh, look, there's the, there's somebody on that board that's part of the venture capital firm that's watching their investment, right? Right. You reach out, you start conversations. Conversations today are not what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses? 
you may still get that with an HR person, but that's not how opportunities arise today. And so the big thing people need to be aware of and, and work on this, I always give this as homework. What's your elevator pitch when people say to you, hey, love your background. Um, what are you looking to do? What are you looking for? That is going to come up 99% of the time when you reach out to somebody that's one of the top leaders in a company and you're interested in that company. They don't, nine times out of 10, they don't have a job, but they're not going to talk to you unless they see something that they like in that profile. So what is your elevator pitch? And it isn't, well, I've been a VP three times. Yeah. District salesman. It's <laughs> all around. Here's, here's my story. Here's where I really soar. And, and so that's all it's, we talk about this brand and it's, it's certainly your documents, your story, your LinkedIn, but how do you also tell that story if you have a 45 second window to sell that brand? That's right. No, that's very important. So, you know, I want to thank Sue and Sherry. I want to thank you so much for being on this podcast and sharing your your experiences and, and your advice with the audience. Now, what I'd like to do is if you could tell the audience how they can get in touch with you so that they can, uh, so you can provide them some advice and, and hopefully help them out with uh, with all the services that you provide. Sure. Sherry, you want to? You want to go? Sure, absolutely. So you can reach us by email. Um, it's sue at yourexecbrand.com or sherry at yourexecbrand.com. Or you can find us online at www.yourexecbrand.com. All right, perfect. So I would uh, recommend everyone listening to reach out. We can uh, hopefully take down their website with all the people uh uh, contacting you guys and, and helping them out. <laughs> so that would be a good thing. So once again, I just want to thank you too. And um, to the medical sales nation until next time, take this advice, take what you heard today, figure out how to make yourself better tomorrow and keep that train going. Thanks everyone. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Thanks Jim. Jim. You're welcome.